Uh, it's Scott and Todd. September the 18th, 20 the 18th. Day before I leave for Vegas. That's really the only thing on my mind right now. I'm not going to lie. I got you know, a lot of stuff. Why are you going order, to Vegas again? Whatever. Just for the fun of it. I've got uh, a couple buddies used to work with at the old stomping grounds that every year we kind of do a, I hate this term, but we do a, a bachelor trip where uh, <laughs> we uh, just go to Vegas. Term. I know. Where we go to Vegas and uh, just stay for a couple days, long weekend type situation, and we just gamble the whole time. We don't see shows. We don't go to nice meals. That's all taking away from our gambling time. So we do it on the cheap. Where there's three guys splitting one hotel room, you know, we act like we're not as old as we are. So, uh, but yeah, my friends Tommy and Pete, it's gonna be a fun time. Tommy, Tommy gets their first. Tommy and Pete. Tommy and Pete. Tommy gets their first around five o'clock tomorrow. I land around nine o'clock tomorrow night, and then Pete gets in Thursday midday, and just straight poker and blackjack, Mississippi stud, you name it. What's just Mississippi stud? That's my uh, table game du jour that is a terrible addiction that I have. Um, it's it's let it ride backwards. I don't know. It's a poker game, but you're playing with the house or with the, not with the house. You're playing with the dealer as opposed to against the dealer like you are in blackjack, you know? I know you know nothing about gambling, so I don't know why well, you're asking these questions. I mean, I, I know, like, what's the one they put? Texas Hold'em. That's what they play on TV. Sure, yeah. I know poker, that yeah. one. Okay. That's something. <laughs> so, can you relate it to that, or is <laughs> no? I mean, it, Mississippi Stud. You, it's a, it's a it's a table game, so it's not like poker. It's not like a tournament or a cash oh, game. Oh, you're poker. not playing against everyone else at the table. You're not. No, like I said, you're not playing against the other players. You're in fact you're playing with the dealer. It's more like a blackjack type setup where there's a dealer and then six spots. Anyway, but you're, you're dealt not, two cards. You're not playing against the dealer then. No. For the third time. You're playing with the dealer. So well, you said it's like blackjack and fucking blackjack, you're playing against the dealer. Right. It's like blackjack, with the main difference being <laughs> you are playing with the dealer, not against the dealer. Okay. And it's more of a poker game. So you get two cards, you're dealt two cards, and then the dealer has three face cards up face, or face down. down. Face down. The dealer has three cards face down in front of them. You have to decide, based upon what your cards are, if you're going to continue. You put an ante, of course, just to get the two cards. Let's say you put $10 up just to get your dealt two, two cards. And then in order to see the first card the dealer has, you have to put another $10 up or up to $30. You can put one one to three times your ante. So the, deal, the, the dealer is cards. only the three cards. The dealer doesn't have an additional two that you're playing against. That is correct. And you're trying to make the best five-card hand with your two cards and the dealer's three cards. But you have to pay to see each additional card. And you're, you're playing... Or you're the you payouts playing against? Are based, well, the pay, you're, you're, you're play, playing against the table. So you're paid out based on a table. So if after all five cards are out, you have a pair that is a six through a ten, it's a push. You don't lose any money. You don't get any money. If your pair is jacks or better, you win one-to-one. -one. So they pay one-to-one... On everything oh, that you so have it's out sort there. of like craps in that, like you're playing against like a baseline setup sort of thing. There's there's an odds table. It is nothing at all like craps. Well, but... craps like there's certain things that score money. <laughs> it's not like it doesn't shift per right. hand. 
Well, I mean, it sort of does because the point is, but... Right. I, I, I see what you're saying. There are plenty of other table games that are much more similar. But yes, you're, you're paid out based on... It's more like odds roulette. table. Another terrible example. But <laughs> I'm trying to think of the only other games I know. <laughs> Three-card poker is a much closer comparison. Let it ride. Yeah, I don't Caribbean know Caribbean stud. I know you don't know those games. That's what I'm telling for the listeners who may be familiar with those other games. Roulette and craps are the two worst examples. If you're addicted to gambling, you may know these other games. If you've ever been to a casino in the last 20 years, you may be familiar with these other games. Apparently Todd has not. In any I'm, event... I'm going to stick with my, my premise if you're addicted to gambling. Fair enough. That's fine. Well, if you're addicted... You're right. If you're, that statement is correct. If you are addicted <laughs> to gambling, you will understand everything I'm saying, and you'll realize and agree with me that Todd is a moron in what he's trying to describe and what he's saying. Well, it seems to be event, a moron when you don't have any frame of reference. I, I am ignorant to the world of gambling. True. Indeed, indeed you are, and it's showing. Um so yeah, so it's it's but it's what what you're basically playing for is you want to stay alive long enough to get a full house or better. A full house pays ten to one, four of a kind. A hand I've I mean, had a full several house times. only pays ten to one. Yeah, huh. but I would have thought it'd be like here's, thirty to one or something. But here's the reality of a full house. So if you in order to get a full house, it's likely that either you have a pair in your hand, or at some point early on, you're going to realize, all right, I have a made hand. I either have three of a kind or I have two pair or something that will turn into a full house. So you can up your bet to three times. So let's say, for example, you have a $10 ante. You saw the first card for $10. And right away, you're like, all right, I have a made hand. I can't lose. So I'm going to triple. So now you have gotcha. $10, $10, and then 30 and 30. So you have $80 up there. So if you get a full house, you make, you're winning, you win $800. So it gets uh, pretty you can, substantial. You can, you can amp up your bet based on probability of scoring more because otherwise you can if you have whatever a pair or three of a kind you're already you're already you you can't lose you've already won at that point yeah that makes sense but you only you only get those five cards right you don't there's no like extra ones you can pick right no 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 of course not you're dealt the two and there's the three that dealer have showing and everything else is already automatically a discard so if you're dealt a pair you just you like double down immediately is that see you're not as stupid as you thought if you're dealt a pair <laughs> sixes or higher because fives fours threes and twos is not an automatic winner you don't win one to one if you make a set of fives eventually then yes you're a winner but what's, what's yes six is that three or is that three three of a kind three of a kind sorry so yes if you're dealt sixes if you're if you have in your hand a pair of sixes or better you immediately triple all three streets so you'd have the 10 and then 30 30 30 you'd have a hundred dollars up there and then you're just hoping, if you have sixes through tens, that it becomes something better so you get paid. But worst case, if you just have a pair of sixes and the board comes up nothing that helps you, it's a push. So you can't lose. So it's a pretty – once you figure out the game, it's pretty simple to, to play along. The rules are pretty basic. That's my But the excitement game. is – yeah, clearly. <laughs> the excitement is, is, hidden, is in hitting those big hands. And just as an example, on this trip last year, or maybe it was two years ago, my friend Tommy and I, it was late on the Friday night of our trip, and we Wait, went to... does this person go by Tommy? Yes. He's an adult. He's, yes, he's three years younger than I am. His given name is Thomas. He goes by Tom or Tommy. A lot of people Wait, call what's him Wait, what's that guy that we, that lived in Spring Valley whose name was Tommy? He played, Tommy he was Sylvester? On your, yeah. Yeah. 
For some reason, I thought he had a very Italian last name because he always seemed very Italian to me. He's a he was a very <laughs> Italian man, or you know, kid growing into a man. But yeah, he was Tommy Sylvester. Sylvester doesn't seem anyway. super Italian. No, not at Maybe all. Maybe it did at the time because of Sylvester Stallone, but that would be foolish, since that was his first. No, name. I mean, uh, based on you know whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh, finishing my story. Well, Roland. my point was, I know. I have a good friend, Ricky, who has the sort of diminutive version of his name, but you don't hear many adults with the Scotty or Tommy, Johnny. And I don't know that he walks into a board meeting and everyone says, hey, Tommy, what's going on? His coworkers may call him Tom or Thomas. His coworkers almost certainly call him Tom, but his coworkers who are also friends of his, as as I was, and we're now former coworkers, but still friends, we call him Tommy. Everybody calls him Tommy. In any event. Um, so Tommy and I walk into the link, which is actually where I'll be staying in Vegas. Shout out to the link. Thanks for sponsoring the pod tonight. The link right there on the strip, baby. Used to be Oriental Palace. Now it's the link. 200 newly refurbished rooms. Come Wait, stay. the link uh, like the Eagles stadium? I don't believe it's spelled the same. Does it end in a Q? Nah. Okay. Yeah, it's Lincoln L-I-N-Q. Financial Fields, so I think it's L-I-N-C. Oh, right. So it's a C. Yeah. No, not like that. L-I-N-Q. In any event, we walk into the link. And we go up to the Mississippi stud table. It's late at night. There's nobody there. We sit down. Tommy says, I'm going to sit out the first hand. It was just the two of us. He was getting his money together. He's He's got envelopes and shit. He does the Dave Ramsey thing. I don't know. He likes to separate his money and put certain this reference dollar is amounts. This me. Okay, it doesn't matter. Some people get it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Listening audience, shout out. What's going on? Anyway, so the first hand, I'm dealt pocket tens, right? I have two tens in my hand. Great. I always play 10 per hand, sometimes more, but a minimum of 10. So I do 30, 30, 30. And it, again, it's just me and the dealer. There's no one else at this table. Tommy's over there counting money, doing whatever the fuck he does. First card dealer turns up as a 10. Oh, shit. I got a set of 10s. This is great. This is amazing. Next card's a 6. Next card's a 6. Bam, $1,000. I sat down, and I made $1,000 in the first hand. And it was the cards Tommy would have had if he had played that hand. So now he's all pissed and he's trying to jump in and like make up the money that he would have made. But I was like, bro, you missed it. Like that's the best hand you're going to have. So as a wise gambler, you just took that thousand dollars and had a steak and and went to bed at a night. Absolutely not. No. What are you nuts? How long did it take to lose that thousand? No, I can't. That was a, that was a, that was a winning session. I think I was up about 1200 on that particular session. As I recall, that trip was a, an overall loser for me, but it's hard to come out of the gate, just pop firsthand, make a thousand bucks and not end up a winner. I've done it before. Believe you me. I once played, it was playing at Cherokee, North Carolina. And I had, ah, I've I been hit, to that casino. There you go. There's a I hit Galactic four of a kind. song about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's what Cherokee's for. Right. Is that about the casino or the city? I think there's a casino. Anyway. We, we went there okay. very late one night from Clemson. I believe that. Um, so I, I was, first time I ever hit quads, I was playing there. I was playing $15 a hand. I had pocket queens. And so I had 15 and then 45, 45, 45. So that math means the total is, I'll give you a minute. I have no idea. Use I wasn't paying any attention. To... Okay. You've thrown out a lot of terms. I don't, I don't know what pocket queen, I know uh, what pocket queens is, but then you said quads okay. or something. I have no idea what I you're was, talking about. That's four of a kind. Quads is four of a kind. That pays 40 to one. Okay. 40 to one. 
So I was dealt pocket queens, meaning I had two queens in my hand. Yeah. So I immediately, I was playing 15 a hand. I immediately made a 45, 45, 45. So now I have $150 out there I can't lose. At a minimum, I'm making $150. No matter what the three cards are, the dealer's going to turn over. First yep. card's an ace. Second card's a queen. So now I have a minimum three of a kind. So I have queen, queen, queen. Third card from the dealer, also a queen. Quad fours, four of a kind. And that's $150. Times 40, that's $6,000 on one hand. Now, this I stayed at that table. You, or this is a dream you had? This actu- no, this actually happened in <laughs> Cherokee, North Carolina. This is several years ago. It was early on when I first kind of discovered the game, and I was like, holy shit, this is the best game ever. I just made $6,000. Yeah, I'm sure he thought that. Yeah, $15,000 later. No. Yeah. So, What's your net but, negative since that $6,000 win? I'd have to check the spreadsheet, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but the reality is I left hours later from that exact seat at that table and cashed out for 3600 So I gave back $2,400 trying Playing to the chase same game. that. Playing the exact same well, game, trying to chase that experience. Is 40 the one the best odds? No. The absolute best is a royal flush, which is 10 through ace, 10 jack, queen, king, ace of the same suit. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen it happen. What That's is that? 500 to one. Oh, Jesus. What's like a straight flush? So if you, a straight flush is 100 to one. Hmm. Also very hard to get. So again, that's why I say you you're really shooting for full houses and four of a kinds because the straight flush and the Royale are so difficult to get. I've never seen either one of them. I've talked to dealers who say they have actually dealt a straight flush. I've never talked to any dealer who says they've dealt the Royal. But when I was in Vegas back in February, and then we'll move on. When I was in Vegas back in February, I was playing at the Cromwell, which is a very high class, fancy casino on the strip. And, uh, I was sitting at the table, and there was a, a guy in the middle. I always sit on the end seat. It's called third base. And there was a guy in the middle, this middle-aged black man, who was playing $100 a hand. His ante was $100. And I assume the tables so he, have a minimum of like $10 or something. I'm assuming it's 10 it's normally, that's what you play. It's normally 5 or 10 It's normally 5 actually, but I play 10 Because if you do 5 and you get quads, it's 1500 bucks, and you're like, all right, so what? So I always play at least 5 or 10. I mean, I, I always play 10. Anyway, this guy was playing 100, which is normally the table maximum. And he had a pocket pair. I don't recall what it was. I took a picture of it, but I want to say... a picture of it. I did, and you'll see why in a second. Right. I want to say it was... I want to say it was pocket jacks. And so he immediately put 300, 300, 300. So he had $1,000 out there. Wait. He could not just lose. quick aside... I'm assuming yeah. they don't have lipstick cams on these tables. Like, how do you know what his... Do you find out after the fact what he had? Like, Yeah, you know af- it- yeah after the fact... Right. At the end, you have to turn over your cards in order to get paid. You can't just say, I promise I had pockets. <laughs> I mean, you have to show what you had. So that's how I know. I did not know at the time. I just knew he had a good hand. Because he was because raising. Soon- yes. Well, yeah. As soon as you see anyone triple up, you're like, well, he at least has sixes or better. Again, as a experienced player in the game, you realize these sorts of things. So in any event... So uh, 300, 300, 300, she had his $1,000 out there, and the dealer turns up, and I don't remember the exact order of the cards, and, and I'm not even sure it was Jack's. It was some sort, it was some pair. He got a four of a kind, and he had $1,000 out there, so he won $40,000 on one hand. That's pretty good. And they, of course, they had to call the floor over, they had to check out the cameras, make sure there was no cheating. 
it shut down the table for like 15 minutes, but it was myself, this gentleman, and then there was a couple, an older couple on the other side of the table that apparently they, the three of them had been playing for hours and they were talking about how they were going to leave like the hand before they're like really to leave. We got reservations for dinner. And so when this guy hit that hand, of course we were all high five in and, you know, congratulating him. Cause it's, you know, you want people to win. Sure. You want to have that positive energy. And the guy, <laughs> you want to do some religious paid, superstitious right. bullshit. So yes, exactly. Yeah. You want that juju to come over your way. And so the guy, before he even got paid out in chips, he pulled out his wallet and he gave the older couple $300. He was like, dinner's on me because if they had gotten up or if they did, if they had, yeah, if they had gotten up and not stayed, he wouldn't have had that hand. So I was going to ask you, I was going (laughs) to, did he give you anything? I was going to ask, did he give the whole table like a hundred bucks a piece? He didn't. I've been in situations where, People do give out 100 bucks or 50 bucks to every player just to kind of share the wealth. He didn't. It, it did kind of surprise me because it was 40 fucking grand. Like, <laughs> I think if I won 40 grand, chip. I would give, yeah, 100 bucks to everyone at the table. Yeah, that's the least like, they could do. You're going to pay way more than that in taxes. What are the taxes on that? I've never claimed it, so I don't know. Don't tell anybody. Ropod with Bill and Todd. Um, <laughs> but is it like 50% or is it less than that? No, 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 no. It's not that high at all. No. But it, you have to have a substantial win. I've never had one big enough. That certainly would have qualified. Because, again, not only did they do the cameras, he had actually had, he had to fill out the, the form right there. Um, but, yeah, so he, like, he finally got paid out. His brother came by, and he gave his brother 30 grand in chips. He said, go put this up in the safe because they had a room across the street, I think, at, the, at Caesars. And then he called his other brother, apparently. I don't know. He could have been calling anyone. Could Probably could have been calling a hooker for all I know. But he called his other brother and he said, get on a plane and fly out here to Vegas. His brother's He's a like, hooker? I just hit, yeah. Gigolo. He's like, I just hit a huge hand. He's like, come on out, my treat. He's like, just buy a plane ticket, fly out. I'll, I'll pay you back. So he brought his brother so a like, ticket oh. but couldn't give you 100 bucks. Man, this guy sounds like a real asshole. Again, he's not obligated to give me shit. He won the hand. Did he tip the dealer at least? Yes, he tipped the dealer like $1,500. And I stuck around and kept playing after the older couple left, obviously, with their free dinner. And this guy eventually left like 30 minutes later. And I asked, I was like, how long has he been playing here? And they were like, he comes here all the time. He lives in California. They were like, he's here once a month. And he always plays that big. They were like, that, I know that was exciting, that was a huge win, but they were like, trust me, he's still way down <laughs> lifetime at this game. I was like, okay. Which is not uh, something the dealer was going to say right there, obviously, because yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> Look, offensive buddy, to him, You're but. still in the hole. Um, according to TurboTax.com, uh, your gambling go. winnings are taxed at 25%. There you go. Yeah. Well, that, as soon as I have a year where there's massive yeah. winnings, I will... It says... Uh, Five thousand or more in poker tournament winnings. It doesn't. It doesn't list right. all the games, obviously. Fifteen hundred sure. or more in Kino, which that seems ridiculous. But how is that possible? Uh, I don't know. Kino is the most like seductive, stupidest game there is to play. <laughs> like impossible. I just, I just pick what is it? Five numbers? Like this is the easiest yeah. thing in the world. Never gonna happen. I think I, mean, I said those I'm... exact words, and Dad was like, sure, I'll buy you a $5 <laughs> ticket, ha-ha. And I was like, no, no, no problem. 
I'm gonna make a bank here. It, nope. it this, seems easy. This. What are there like forty numbers? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Don't play Kino because you will not win. It's a sucker's game. <laughs> you might as well. Kino just is what you play. Throw that here, money on here, the floor. I feel like right, slots have better odds than Kino. Oh, 100 percent. Because you can at least win do. like little shit money. Kino is what you play when you've gone to Vegas with five thousand dollars for five nights, and after night two, you're broke. Because you can play a Kino card for like a dollar, two dollars, and you just play that because it takes a long time. You can sit there and you know in those little pathetic chairs and drink if you want to. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. But you look at the people that are like sitting in the Kino area, and they're the saddest people <laughs> on the Vegas Strip. So you don't want to end up there. But if you do, it's probably because something else went very, very wrong. Yeah. Generally. I mean, it's interesting. They have Kino in Oregon, like, just in restaurants and stuff, too. So you know it's not a real game if you can play it in regular bars and stuff. Right. Like, it's so low stakes. They're like, yeah, nobody wins money at this. It's just like... You know what I really... You know what I found out, though, since you mentioned Portland? And you may have known this for years. I don't know. But how long has Portland Meadows been in existence as a poker room? As a poker room? I have no idea. I mean, it's been a, it's a dog track. track or whatever for, I don't know if they actually, I think it was like dog racing and I think now it's horse ra- racing. The track's okay. been there for a long ass time, but yeah. it was inter- inoperable, I think for a while. I mean, they probably had like OTB and stuff, but right. I think they actually do like races there now. I have no idea. Again, not well, my watching, scene, but. Not your scene, I understand, but I was watching a vlog and the guy lives in Vegas but he travels around and plays poker and he was in Portland Meadows and he's did, he does like these um, drone shots and I was like I know exactly where that is I think I've run <laughs> by that before yeah like it wasn't that far it's from up your by house. the lows yeah yeah it's okay that's that it's by the canal or whatever right yeah or whatever that's called the spillway yeah totally know exactly where I that is I don't know what it's called but... oh okay fair I, enough I didn't spend a lot of time in that area of town I mean that's other than going to Lowe's. Right. All the time. And the soccer the field is up there. I spent a lot of time there playing soccer, but is that anyway. Where you broke your knee in half? What's that? That actually is, that is where, where I tore my ACL. Yeah. Oh, nice. So good memories. <laughs> Not far from Portland Meadows. At the old soccer pitch. Todd breaking his ankles or whatever. Knee. Alright. Twenty minutes in, let's get into the show. Just like uh, I'm like you can consider me like um here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Get ready, ladies and Playing with it. I tore my ACL, played on it a little bit, and then was like, eh, this is not a good idea. You know, that's you like done? the rumor that he's playing on a torn ACL. Sure. Or that yeah. it's possible. That's the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you do not give a shit. He also makes 87 times your salary, and he's a well-known professional football player. But fair enough. You know, whatever. Well, I w- they were talking about you. this on one of the pods, but, like, um, John Elway, like, tore his ACL in high school and never got it repaired and just played. Yeah, you can do it. It's just, it's. I think it's foolish. Cause it's well, shaky. I mean, it's gonna be shaky like, you can't, you can't hurt it worse than it already is. Right. But, like, it definitely cuts down in your mobility. I would think so. Yeah, but John Elway was, he was not exactly he was a passer, yeah. He wasn't, wasn't yeah. a runner. He was a net pocket son. Um, all right, 
Now he's still so let's kick off. Yes, now he's a lot of cars. Trust me. In your area. All over the place. In my neck of the woods. I don't think. John well, I don't know if he personally everywhere. sells cars, but dealerships no, with his not. name on it. Definitely cars. does not sell cars himself, but he sells a lot of cars and a lot of steaks. That Elway's place ain't cheap. Let me tell you. Oh, he has Peter a steakhouse, by the way, or a chain of oh, yeah. steakhouses. Elway's. Elway's is one of the nicest steakhouses in the in the city for sure. He kind of he kind of runs this town, believe it or not. So. What about the Coors guy? No. Well, that's old money. <laughs> he the Coors, Adolf Adolf Coors or whoever it is that they run. His, Golden. his name is not Adolf. John Elway Coors. runs Denver. I'm pretty sure there was an Adolf Coors in there. Look it up. Come on, do your internet thing. I guarantee you, there's an Adolf Coors somewhere way back. Probably dead by now. Oh, it was Adolf Coors. I thought you were just joking. See? I thought you were just no. trying to come up with a German-sounding name for, German like, beer. German-American brewer who founded the Adolf Coors Company in Golden, Colorado in 1873. So suck it. I knew what I was talking about. Adolf. Local, local history, son. I know I what's thought you were going to be, like, just thinking of, like, Hans Coors. Just thinking yeah, of, like, Hans a German-sounding... No! We've got Adolf and Hans. It's the brothers. The brothers Coors. And off course, very famous course, Coursman. Anyway, can we can we get to a regular topic? How do we even talk? Whatever. <laughs> so yes, John Elway, much more so than Adolf Coors, owns Denver, especially at this point in time. All right, so we're gonna do uh, topics tonight, vir- basically virtually backwards from the way they're listed here. I wanted to start with the Emmys. I did not watch the Emmys. I never watched the Emmys. Me either. I read a brief article that talked about how essentially Game of Thrones and then some show on Amazon Prime. The Mystery of... The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Good show. That one. I haven't watched all of it. I've seen a few episodes. Well, it's written by Amy Sherman Palladino of Golden Girls fame. Gilmore Girls. Golden Girls fame, right. Gilmore Girls, you're right. Gilmore Girls, I thought that was right. Also, Bunheads. Very witty, fast-paced dialogue writer. It's definitely in that vein. It's her, you know, it's her voice. Right. And uh, it's a story... The basic premise is uh, there's a, I believe she's Jewish, a Jewish housewife in New York in maybe like the 50s. Okay. Uh, finds out her husband. Fa- Sorry? Go ahead. This all happens in the first episode, named... so I'm not really giving anything away. Finds out father her husband. Father named is... Adolf? No. <laughs> finds out her husband is cheating on her or something, and is sort of, right. her marriage is dissolving and becomes a stand up comedian. Really? Yeah. I have never heard a word about this show until I read the article about the Emmys. I've, now, like now I said, I saw it, the first episode, and then it actually is really yeah. good. Um, and I haven't watched the rest of it because it was one of those shows where, like, my wife fell asleep in the first one, and then, like, just getting into it took never happened. But I, yeah. it's, the critics are raving about it, clearly, because it won, like, a shit ton clearly. of Emmys last night. It won all of them for comedy, essentially, <laughs> except for the one I'm going to mention here in a minute. But um, so it's it, it's an Amazon Prime show, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I may have to check that out. Give a full review here on this uh, on the pod. Yeah, we could watch um, it together. There you go. Not like actually. But no, the one together. that the one. No, I know what you mean. But the one that I was excited about was Bill Hader won for best lead actor in a comedy series for Barry, a show that, although I don't think any of those episodes have posted, a show that we talked about a lot, 
in the early early episodes of the podcast back when it was airing. Oh yeah, we did we did a lot of Barry show. recaps, but yeah, that was an we excellent show. We did a lot show. of Barry recaps. Yeah, excellent. <clears throat> you know show. who else won? The Fonz. I did Harry. Yeah, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler, Winkler. Best supporting actress. <laughs> Harry Winkler. Actress. I don't know why I said Harry. Henry Winkler for Best Supporting Actor yeah. in a comedy series, also for Barry. So, I, yeah. I, was uh, was the female lead in that show nominated? Because I thought she was really good, too. I don't believe she was nominated. I read an article that had all the nominees, and I, I'm pretty sure those were the only two nominations, actually. That both won, which is great. That's kind of beating the odds. But I don't think that she was nominated. I thought, yeah, I think all three of those people deserves at least the nomination nod and I was obviously happy to see the the two winners um, but again that's having not seen pretty much any of the other shows that yeah, my attention. although right. Curb Larry, Larry David was up against Bill Hader yeah I, for lead I didn't feel like this was Curb's strongest season again early no, episodes you can wasn't. hear me complaining about it but um, yes which again have not been posted I was also yes. happy that John Mulaney won for his comedy special for Outstanding writing for a variety special, which is right. clearly, it's like three comedy things and Samantha B presents. Uh, it's weird. Some of these categories yeah, are weird. just like ridiculous. Yes. Well, like the the variety or sketch, it was like SNL was up against all sorts of other shows. Like SNL's gonna win. It's not even a good SNL era right now. But it's just it's it's kind of held that torch for a long time, and it, it won for whatever that category was called, just because the things it was up against was like none, none of these have any chance. So, so outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series did not have any nominees from Barry. From Barry. Uh, yeah, three people from Saturday Night Live, which seems a little excessive to me. I would agree. Saturday Night Live won for the comedy or variety series, which also seemed weird to me, like. I only That's caught I bits and saying. pieces. Is that what you said? Sorry. Where were you? I just talked about that for 90 I was I was looking up. I was trying to f- see if that one was nominated. Who won Who won for multitasking? Was it you? Were you nominated? No, you weren't, I can't, obviously. I can't multitask, clearly. No shit. You just proved it. It's it's out there on the internet for all the world to hear. Apparently Godless um, is a good show because it won a lot of stuff or mini series. Or mini- I, it, it was nominated for a lot of things. I did see that too, yeah. What is that? Oh, you did see it, or you saw that it won? I saw that. I saw that won. I have not. I have, I have, not seen I have no show, idea what no. that is. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that uh, that SNL won, you may have covered this, but that's the thing that had like all the late night shows and stuff in there, right? Is that what you were saying? Yes. <laughs> you really just turn your ears off. Just weren't listening to a fucking word I was saying, were you? This is not going to work. No, Why wait, are you even wearing headphones? It's a different thing because so the Outstanding Variety, which is basically all the late night shows like The Daily Show, yeah. Full Frontal, Jimmy Kimmel, was John Oliver's show won that. Correct. Yes. SNL won. That's what I was saying is that SNL was up against like I, I didn't even heard of a couple of them. It, it, it was weird stuff. That... Oh, Variety Sketch Series. Right. Yeah, it's actually, against, like I, reruns of Mad TV. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was. It's Saturday Night Live was. It beat out Tracy Ullman's show, which I guess that's a reboot of her earlier show. I guess these are all. I suppose it says variety sketch series, at home with Amy right. Sedaris, which sounds good, but I did not know existed. Uh, right. Sarah Silverman's show also did not know existed. Something called Just recently heard about Drunk it. History and Portlandia, which I did know existed, but that's. 
Right. Clearly, like, there's one famous show out of these that, like, right. 80% what... of people have heard of and everything else is no one's ever heard Again, of. Again, this is a re- <laughs> rewind from four minutes ago because Todd wasn't fucking paying attention. But, yes, like I said, SNL has been in that spot for over 40 years, so, of course, it's going to get all the votes because it's up against... You know, again, they're not no-name shows. I mean, Portlandia certainly has an established fan base, but it's so niche. Yeah. I, I don't think it can go up against a nationally, you know, a national hit like SNL. It's just hard. NBC versus IFC. I mean, you know, I know it's not a popularity contest. It shouldn't be. Obviously, it isn't because of that Amazon show we talked about. But I think that was awards. also a very popular show. Okay. I mean, it's but, not but straight still, I mean, it's, viewership. It's right. But if, it's not, if, you know, if it has a lot CBS, of buzz, it has NBC. more of a chance to win. Correct. And what I was saying, just I should have just re- replayed what I said earlier. <laughs> what I was saying was, even though this isn't necessarily, certainly not the best cast or even a good era of SNL, I think it always has a gigantic leg up against anyone else in this category just from the get-go. Um, and it would have to be, you know, just terrible to not have a very good shot at winning this award every year. Seems yeah, I like guess it. so. Feels like it. So, anyway, so congrats to Bill Hader and Henry Winkler for their Emmy wins uh, for Barry, which, if nothing else, locks up at least probably two more seasons of the show, uh, which is which is great for fans of it, which would include you and me. So very excited about that. Now, are you paying attention, Todd? Yes, include me in the fans. Sorry, I had I was muted there for a second. That's not what I. That's not what I was asking. I'm asking because this next topic. I'm skipping over Naomi Price. Naomi Price coming up soon. But this next topic is yours. The only one you contributed. Oh, so <laughs> I was. Since I know we have some regular listeners and growing by the day. Every day. Um, Every damn day. I just want to mention we have an email address. Oh. It's the bro. Indeed, Pro, we do. The Network at gmail.com. So. If any of our faithful listeners have questions, Q and A, Q and A, I love it. Just simply put mailbag or yeah, let's say mailbag. Put that in the subject mailbag. line. Send them in, and we will gladly answer them on the air. That's right. And this is the BroPod Network at Gmail. Yes, the BroPod Network. Okay. Scott will put it in the show notes at gmail dot com. Sure. If I remember, <laughs> the BroPod Network at gmail dot com. Yes. Send us your. I mean. Make sure you put the mail back because we get a ton of emails and I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that Todd does contribute to the show, he does sift through the yeah, hundreds I mean, of emails. There's lots of emails that I have to go through. That we so. get. It takes him a while. Um, yeah, any sort of question, we will answer. Well, I don't... We don't have to. I, yeah. We, but we, we, we may. It's a possibility. I'm, I'm saying it's it's not limited to, <laughs> you know, what you, would you think of the uh, fast break offense and the... Yeah, the Portland Trailblazers. You don't. You, know, you don't have don't to. It can be an NBA question. It does not have to be. It can, but please I, wait until I, the season starts. I, to, I spoke to two show. listeners who were very fond oh. of the NBA content. What did Kurt have to say about it? It wasn't Kurt. <laughs> These were people oh. in Maryland. Oh my God! How many? Two. Two. Yeah. First of all, two listeners in Maryland. Congratulations on that. Yeah, that's... Second of all, who were both fans of the NBA portion, I find this hard to believe. That's two are listeners. on the street? There are four people in my house. Zero have listened to the podcast. So, and Including there are two, Todd, yes. There are two other people in Maryland that have listened to it, at least. You know, something else, while we're doing self-pub, 
I do want to mention, I, I got a coworker just yesterday to subscribe on iTunes nice. to the podcast, which certainly helps the cause. So, yes. um, you know, if you, if you want to, if you can go to iTunes again, you can listen to us on all sorts of different places, Spotify, Google play anchor, but by subscribing, you'll get notification. There's new up the new uploads of episodes as I did last night, two new episodes up last I night. I saw that two new episodes uh, dropping. That's right. Dropping, dropping hot, like a turd out of a butthole. So, but much better. Well, we talked about crap on the first episode. All right, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, go to iTunes, find it, just just search for BroPod. Before you even get the O out after pod, the BroPod with Scott and Todd will show up in your feed. Click on it, hit subscribe, you'll know all about us. You'll hear all the episodes. You know, some of the early ones you may want to skip, but that's okay. I I would say jump in maybe episode four. And then if okay. you like it, I mean, clearly you like it if you're listening to this, but then you can drop back and hear some of the earlier ones. But I'm right. not, I've heard the sound quality may not be the best on the first couple of episodes. So it's possible. It has gotten better. If you, if uh, fidelity but, is one of your requirements, right. I would, you I would the, dip the, in a little later. Right. If you want the needle on wax sound, Skip the first few. Jump in midstream, as you mentioned. So, okay. So, yeah, that's exciting. New new segment. The BroPod Network at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Mailbag in the subject line or something along those lines. We will find it. We will queue it up. We will answer it. Now, where are we at here time-wise? Just checking in. 37 minutes. Let's go right to tonight's main topic. Okay. What's that? That's As Factor 4. Now, As Factor 4, for those of you that did not grow up in Columbia, South Carolina, or are not familiar with the hardcore scene of South Carolina in the mid-90s, Todd likes it so much he left the room. Um, As Factor 4 Sorry, is... the TV was on in the other room, and it it was frozen, so it, it unfroze, oh. and I was afraid there would be some noise. ambient noise. Yes, we can't have that. So I, I should say, As Factor 4 were not yes. just famous in Columbia, South Carolina. They were nationally Agreed, and internationally regarded as one Can't of the deny it. premier screamo bands of the mid-90s. Correct. And look them up if you've never heard of them. I believe there are albums on Spotify, probably on Apple Play or whatever else it's called. Apple Music. Yeah. It's definitely on Spotify. I've heard of it. In any event... That's crazy. Actually, I might be wrong. I've listened to it recently and I feel like Spotify... Aspect. I feel like Spotify is the only place that can stream that sort of music. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. They have, event, they have one of the songs from a comp. Yeah, it's not. Oh, okay. It's not super easy to find streaming. You can, you can hear all their albums on YouTube. They have okay. been uploaded by hardcore historians. But the reason I brought Baby Jesus. Right. The reason I, the reason that we have As Factor Four as a topic tonight is because. I was listening to him a few weeks ago, and it's one of those things that you don't you won't listen to it for a year, two years, five years, and then you, you kind of rediscover it. It's like, shit, this is really good. <laughs> like, so good. it's not the tightest music you've ever heard. It's you can't understand ninety six percent of the lyrics, but considering the speed and the, for lack of a better term, the violence of the music. Not to turn people off to it by saying violence, but violence. it's just aggressive punk, emo punk speed punk call it whatever you want hardcore it's just really good so i have i was lucky enough to be part of the mid 90s and late 90s columbia hardcore and punk scene and i have actually played a couple of shows with aspect i'm proud to admit 
Um, at Jimmy Chen's? No, not at Jimmy Chen's. Well, yes, one show was at Jimmy Chen's. Another show was, I don't even remember where it was. It was a house yeah. somewhere near the USC You played with them at the Vets Hall, too. We played with them at Vets Hall. I feel like maybe I played with them at Census Beauty. I definitely saw them at Census Beauty a many number times. of times. Yes. Many, many Much times. lemonade was consumed. Much lemonade was show. served for free. And yeah, Census Beauty was a local. Some LSD was consumed points. by other people. Yes, it was apparently a drug front, but they had great shows. I played there many times myself and saw tons of great shows for like five bucks. Who would have thought that anyway, a, a venue that would let any shitty band play there and charge whatever right. they wanted might have had some other source of funding? Who had Run by sandwiches a who looks and. exactly like a hippie! Le le free lemonade for all the kids. Yeah, free lemonade for the all ages shows. I mean, it was in and the college area sort of commercial strip, which at the time a, uh, it, was not like the most yeah. expensive rent, but it wasn't free. Which, no, based on the shows was... that he allowed to play there, you would think he was paying nothing for rent. I kind of disagree. I think it was a block away from Five Points. I imagine no, it was in Five rent, Points. Unless he owned them. Even better. That's that's high rent area is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I guess was... so. I'm, I'm saying that in the, the 90s, I don't know if that... Right. I mean, sorry, Fair it's enough. not in the intersection of Five Points, but it's in that right. neighborhood. It's in that area. If you're, in any event, if you're attending the University of South Carolina, you will know where Five Points is, or have ever been right. to Columbia. It's like you're probably where it is. So not to get off topic, which we tend to do on this show, but or in order to get back on topic. So the point is, as factor four, not says it's So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the one thing that uh, is definitive. Makes you know if if I think of this or picture this, I immediately think S Factor Four, and that is the drummer who I was a young kid. He seemed like he was seven feet tall. He was probably like six two six. He was a big guy. I think he's more like six five. <laughs> he seemed he may tall. he may have been. I don't know. He was a big dude, but he would bring up his equipment in a in a cooler, like a cooler you would put drinks in, like a like a Coleman cooler. Yeah, like a Coleman cooler that you put you know sodas and ice. He'd open it up. He had all his hardware in there. And so he had like a kick drum, a floor, a floor drum, and everything else was in this cooler or on this cooler. He'd set up all this stuff. His equipment was shit. Like it was beat <laughs> to hell. He never replaced anything. A lot of his cymbals had cracks and things. And he set it all up, and then he closed the cooler, and the cooler was his throne where he sat to play drums, which was amazing because, again, we'll call it seven feet. Seven-foot-tall man sitting on a cooler, which was 18 inches maybe off the ground, not the best way to play drums for those of you that are familiar with that. But not the most not comfortable seat. But a very no, punk no, rock not move. Total punk rock move. <laughs> Easily accessible. You know, he threw it on the back of his Corolla probably when he left. I don't know. But not only did he play drums, very fast drums, intense drums, but he also sang on many of the songs, back background or lead vocals. Yeah, all four. He all was four of the members sang. He was crazy. Yeah, all four sang. It was just a super fun, high-energy show that never it never let you down. I saw them, again, many times. I played with them a couple of times, and it was always a fun show. And again, for me, unless you went online, which was rare back then to go online, except for like, unless you went online and looked up lyrics or read them in the liner notes of their albums, a lot of times you didn't really know what they were saying. It was true screamo music. To where it was hard to understand. Yeah, you can't. But uh, you can't really understand the lyrics if you're just listening to it. You have to read along. There's you have quite, to follow there's along. some very poetic lyrics actually in, in their lyrics. Yeah, no, it's it's very well written, but yeah, 
Just sense. great music. Had a lot of uh, a lot of local references. Talking about local barber shops in Columbia. Had a lot of Columbia shout outs. Talking about South Carolina. We're happy you've chosen one of the greatest places on earth to call home. <laughs> Just a lot of cool stuff in their albums. Dale that... Dinwiddie references. Yeah. Exa- I mean, yeah. Crazy. Crazy band, but great band. Check out Ass Factor 4. I mean, I would go Listen as far to, to say they had a, an EP slash 7-inch called Smoked Out. Smoked Out. Probably I was say the that. best 7-inch ever recorded. 100%. It's like they probably recorded locally at Columbia's oh, very yeah. own everything. <laughs> so, everything. Yeah, Jammer. I'll get to back to that in a second. Uh, yeah, okay. that's that probably has like I don't know eight songs on it. It's just like perfect. Like every song is amazing. It really is. So I, I will say, if you're not familiar with this kind of music, if you listen to it for the first time, you'll be like, "What the fuck are they Mind talking shocking. about?" But you got it because yes. the the lyrics, like the vocals. Are, just sound like people screaming or dogs barking or something like that. So you have to give it a yes. chance. But if you listen to the, like like Scott was saying, the drumming is great. If you listen to the guitar, there's like some really cool like melody and counter melodies and harmonies that there's two guitars playing. The bass parts are actually pretty yeah. interesting too. Most of the time you can't hear them because of the recording. I'm gonna blame the jam room on that one. But um, there's some really interesting 100%. stuff going Jay. on basically. So I would 100%. say that smoked out yeah. seven inch and then the first album both amazing stuff like, wow talk about, talk about, are you talking about sports not sports sports is okay. fine I agree um, sports <laughs> the, is the self-titled good, album as factor 4 okay um, by the way smoked out a, a 7 inch 9 songs 5 on the front 4 on the back yes those you familiar with 7 I, inches I have not that much time all in my collection you have I don't have all the releases but I, I definitely have smoked out I have self-titled album and sports. Yeah. I think I have another 7-inch by them, too. Yeah, I somewhere found online the entire discography that I downloaded. Yeah, you, if, you, if you dig around, you, you can, can find you can it. They're, to find they're it. fine giving away their songs for free. So Yeah, they don't, they don't care. So I was Googling about them today because I was listening to it in preparation for the show. And apparently the members, several of them still live in South Carolina. And uh, they have recorded under a different name of bird chest they recorded an ep in 2016 guess where it was recorded okay you're breaking up i didn't say hear that what again you said. so they i didn't say anything oh. yeah so they recorded an ep this bird chest which is the four original members of uh as factor four and looking in the photo four. right um the drummer is a full head taller than everyone else in the band <laughs> I remember the bassist being a little short. He was probably like five seven, five eight. Yes, but definitely a short guy. Yeah, and he's he's put on some weight as we all have since nineteen ninety five or whatever. But um, well, some of us, yeah. Anyway, but the, the drummer Adults. is a full yes. head taller than he is. Uh, so yes, they recorded an EP, and I will let you guess where it was recorded. At the jam room again. Yes, that's amazing. I was kind of I was like. First of all, the jam room still exists? Question mark. Yes, it does. Right. And they recorded yeah, this pressed. there. I don't know if it's been pressed anywhere. It seems like they just like record it and release it. It's interesting it because this is definitely like a throwback to the '90s. Nowadays, if you're in a punk band, you just record it yourself on your computer. So the fact that they paid 100%. money somewhere <laughs> and went to record this is pretty amazing. And then. Secondly, right. that they went to the jam room, which I'm sure is hemorrhaging money because there probably aren't 
that many bands recording in Colombia. Maybe there are. Who knows? I don't. I don't who know what knows? the scene looks know. like in Colombia right now, but it's never been good. But I understand. Um, what was I going to say about the jam room? Oh no, no, I know. I know what I was going to say. By the way, I think when I when I was thinking of Spotify, I think I was thinking of YouTube. You can find all this stuff on YouTube. That's the place to go. Yeah, that's what I listen said. To it. Okay. Speaking I, of checking you were out up for a long time too. You were breaking up. No, I this was not when I was breaking up. This was even you were not no. listening to me. Um, maybe also a Bandcamp situation. So, I, I don't cat. know. No, I, I looked, looked on. They're not on Bandcamp. They're not on Bandcamp. I, okay. I know Fair to enough. upload things to Bandcamp, you have to have a high res version. They may not have those, or may not have them easily. Wouldn't digital. surprise me in the least. Yeah. Uh, they may, me they, least they're probably on DATS somewhere, and they don't have a good way right. to convert those to computer. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. Or maybe they're just that's like, so fuck it, I don't rock. need to put that up. Um, that's also punk rock. So, the I we were talking about the lyrics, or maybe this, I can't yeah. remember if we did this on the show or not, but the from the Bird Chest EP, the first song is called Hugo, in reference to the 1989 Hurricane, uh, Hurricane. Hugo. Yeah. I was just I mentioning well. that as we recently had Hurricane pass through the Carolinas, more North Carolina than South Carolina. Yes. Hurricane Flow. Hurricane Flow. That's right. So I thought it was a fitting yeah, timing that we're talking about this band who's referencing Hurricane Hugo. I haven't seen the lyrics. I don't know what exactly what they're talking about. But uh Right. And now we have another What Hurricane do you remember Hugo. most What what do you remember most about Hurricane Hugo, Todd? Sleeping through it? Uh for me the m- most interesting/exciting thing about Hurricane Hugo was the fact that one of the trees in our backyard snapped off at the midsection. And then flew through our fence yes. because it was just kind of like yep. a tangible destruction. I mean, obviously, I didn't want anything bad to happen, but it was cool to see that the winds were powerful enough right. to snap a tree off and hurl it through our fence. And also, our next door neighbors, your feeble f- uh, yes. a, a yes. dog washed up in their yard, which they named Hugo. That's correct. And kept, and it was the most annoying dog in the world because all, it, all it did was yip yes. and bark. Taught our dog how to bark. Thanks a lot, correct. Hugo. Because our dog, <laughs> prior to Hugo rolling into their yard, never barked was at silent. all. Was silent. Correct. And then it was like, oh, there's another dog over here. We can talk to each other by barking. Yipping. Bark, 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 so, bark. Yes, that's correct. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, good old Hurricane Hugo. 30 years ago next year. That's crazy. 30-year anniversary. Um, okay, anything else about Ass Factor 4? I just wanted to get them pub. Because they are one of the top ten bands. Um, yeah, I mean, of all time. Yeah, I would say if you, even if you don't like their music, if you can find some of the lyrics of some of their song, they are quite poetic. So I'd, I'd give them a read. Just give them a yeah. chance. I know. Sure. I feel like now people are a little less thrown off by some of the screamy vocals that when it came out. Like I remember playing it for other people who didn't necessarily listen to this kind of music that I went to college with who were open to musical ideas and they're like, what is this? I can't like, yeah, this is, horrible. This is crazy, yeah. but I feel like na- look, it's an, it's an acquired yeah. taste for sure. Again, give it a listen. The, some of the guitar work is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and they have, I mean, I have talked about some of the poetic lines. They also have some great, just sort of like smart ass lines. Like there's a, a famous song from one of their comps that has a line that says, uh, being bilingual, isn't all it's cracked up to be when you speak fluent bullshit in another language, which I think is a pretty great line, but not so go. much poetic in that, in that case. 
Drop in knowledge. <clears throat> no, not poetic at all. But I I highly recommend knowledge. them. I mean, there's another. We could yeah. We could easily do like '90s hardcore bands every week that I could wax poetic like about a different band. Indeed. Yes. But uh, just, Ass Factor obviously close to our heart. Interestingly enough, like yeah. I remember when I was sort of getting into it and I heard Ass Factor and I was like, "There's no way these guys are from Colombia because it didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard." And it just this right. sort of aggressive sound. I was like, "Nah, nobody from Colombia made this." But that that sort of like really fast-paced screamo sound sort of to be sort of came to be a sound that in my mind Columbia was known for because you had ass factor and then inhumanity also had a similar sort of style to it and then later a little known band called king supa little known my ass (laughs) internationally known my friend unknown band sales across the world in which scott jeff and tom played um you guys sort of adopted that sound and then added some yes. more melodic vocals over the top along with the screaming more but pop pop elements um, yes that's good but yeah i'm sure there are other bands that are escaping me right now but i know there are that that sound both in south carolina and i think in like sort of the carolinas in general cuz there's like yeah. rights reserved and tonka which was a band that uh came, yes. that ass factor came from and some other bands like uh cornelius like that sort of sound was a sort of a regional sound. I'm not really sure why that kind of like stuck to that region, which is kind of interesting. I, right. I feel like now, I mean, the internet existed then, but it certainly wasn't, you weren't streaming music or anything like that. So the idea that there well, are these sort me... of regional sounds, like as you moved over to Atlanta, I feel like it got a little more math rocky and sort of like right. emo stuff. But definitely in the Carolinas, there was that sort of, screamo hardcore fast stuff that for i don't i don't know why that like inculcated itself in the carolinas but for some reason it it existed there let me let me let me speculate on that as to why that may have happened based on the timing it's keep in mind south carolina is was has and always will be you know a southern state country music things of that sort are always going to be more mainstream popular than anything else. But more to the point, in the time frame that we're talking about, you got to think about it. Hootie and the Blowfish from Columbia, South Carolina, were blowing up. So not that any of the people involved in that scene would ever listen to or even go to a show or play anything like Hootie, but maybe it was like they they thought, all right, all this attention is on Columbia for something like Hootie. Let's do the anti-Hootie. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, anti-Hootie and the Blowfish but, is hardcore. I mean, yeah. that there's always that punk reaction to like this is what popular music sounds like. We're gonna do something completely different. Right. But I mean, there's that could take any number of forms. Like you could say any band from the '90s was doing that. I mean, Hootie became extremely popular. They might have been reacting specifically, but I mean, I'm, what That's I'm saying what I mean. is you could be in Kansas or California right. and be reacting against Hootie because they were a popular band. But yeah, the fact but that, I, to me, the fact Columbia, that, like, the the sound of that music from South Carolina and North Carolina sort of sounded similar was interesting to me. It was a somewhat regional yeah. sound. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Could have been just the I mean, times. part of it, too, was I mean, just, yeah. like, these are bands that play in your area, so you're like, oh, I like this sound. Right. We're going to make our version of that. I think everybody... There, you know, there are no original ideas, so you're like, ah, oh, this is something that I like. I'm gonna do it slightly differently. I'm gonna tweak it a little bit. But you, if you have like 
people sort of riffing on or building on things that already exist in their community, it makes sense that you'd have a similar sound across bands. Sure, and every every show that was put on at Jimmy Chen's House of Emo Violence, you know, there were how many people you could fit in that decrepit basement, 25, 30 people. <laughs> there could have been, at any given time, one or two kids that six months later had started a band based on what they heard that night. And you're right, it just, you know, copy on a copy on a copy. And some are good, some are bad, some are in between. So, yeah, for every, you know, the more popular those shows were, the more likely it was that there was it was going to develop kind of a scene and there were going to be more bands to come out of it that sounded very similar. Yeah, and it, to add on to that, like, the the local bands would probably be p- playing there. So you would have touring Correct. bands where you hear other sounds, but then you're always going to have the bands right. from your hometown, which you've seen 20 times already, but you know what they sound like, so you have that sort of, like, right. local sound. Anyway, 100%. we can move on. No one cares about this but us. But... Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Somebody cares. Jeff cares. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. Name Your Price. I'm ready. It's time for Name Your Price. Right here on the Bro Pub with Scott and Doug. This is your topic. Okay. The jingle just, I think I know what it is. The jingle just played. Oh. This is. Okay. So, I love here that jingle, on Name Your Price, way. it's everyone's That's favorite. so good. Everybody loves it. You've never heard it. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loves Name Your Price. This week's Name Your Price is... What would it cost? What? How much money would you need? We'll just use the two of us, since we're the two doing the show. Are we? What would I have to pay you? Yes. What would I have to pay you in order to have a tattoo Mm -hmm. of my choice put on your body? The words, my choice? You get to... No. I get to choose what the tattoo is. You get to choose the location but I get to choose what it is, size, the whole thing. Size, Jesus. So you, you could put love, you know, you you can say my knuckles, and I can put love and hate. Wait, or... I, do I have to pick the location first? Yes. Oh. You pick the location, and then I tell you, all right, this is what you're getting. You're getting a, I love the Baltimore Orioles tattoo, or wh- whatever, whatever the hell it is that I want it to be. I don't know what it would be. Maybe I'd be in a good mood, and I'd put an Ass Factor 4 tattoo. Mm. But you happen to say uh, my forehead. You know, I, I don't know. Yes. Here, here are places that I would never agree to. My face. <laughs> your face. Your hands. Probably not. Probably not. Your penis. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Places that I... Face just is always out. Face tattoo is never yeah, a good idea. Out. There's the PSA for the week. Out. Don't get a face tattoo. Right. Um... And then, Disclaimer. yeah, just some place that I think would be super painful, like your nuts. Like, I would not, not agree to that. Right. Or your ankle bone. I've heard that's horrible. A lot of people get tattoos down there, though. Them. On their ankle bone? Like, on the bone. Not on their okay. ankle. Or around their ankle, but on the bone. Anytime there's just, like, bone right underneath the skin, apparently that hurts a lot. Like, your elbow, for example, is apparently a very... Yeah, I feel like people do get the elbows, though. You get, like, the they spider do. webs. I know. A target, yeah, the spider webs, yeah, I don't, that's stupid. I think tattoos are stupid, period. But that's why this is an interesting <laughs> question, because to the best of my so knowledge, get, you have no tattoos, and then your wife has tattoos. Yeah, but I get to pick what it says and how big it is. Name your price, as they say, as hmm. the jingle goes, after you yawn. What's your price? Um, 
I don't know. It'd probably be pretty low. Thousand bucks. Five hundred dollars again. <laughs> no, I think a thousand bucks. Yeah. I mean, I guess oh I'd have God. to I'd have to get an idea of like how bad is it going to be? Does it say like Scott is? This king? game's not going to work anymore because <laughs> our prices are way off on this game every single time. What, what is your price? <laughs> Fifty grand. Fifty grand. Jesus Christ. A tattoo is permanent, man. <laughs> Wait, I wouldn't trust you. God, you probably would put Todd is the best or something. Todd rules. <laughs> And I'd have that on my right ass cheek for the rest of my life? No! Wait, the place you pick is your oh, ass hey. cheek? Well, I figure that's a place that's covered up 99% of the time. And I'd never see it, so why not? And it wouldn't hurt. There's well, if you never see it, why don't you do it for like a thousand bucks if you're never going to see it? It hurts for like a day. Because it's permanent! Yeah, but who, you I'm can't I'm not worried tell. about the pain either. Does it, yeah, do I, I also know, have I to pay for the tattoo, or do you pay for the tattoo? No, if I'm if I'm paying you a grand, you could pay for the tattoo as well. Well, that so factor that okay. in. Okay, we'll do two grand then. Okay, so a grand plus yeah plus the grand for the tattoo. You are such a cheap date, man. <laughs> Every name your price, you're just way low. Eat dog shit, yeah, thirty dollars. Why not? I need a meal I mean, this weekend. If I could do a lot with a thousand bucks. I I guess. I guess I could. I guess you could raise my price, but I don't. I'm just. <laughs> Too late. I don't feel like you'd make it terrible. Maybe if it were somebody I didn't know, maybe then I'd jack it to like ten grand or something. I mean, if it's something I can't see and other people can't readily see, who gives a shit what it says? Right. So, so since I mentioned right butt or left butt cheek, it doesn't really matter. What would be your location of choice? Now uh, that you've had a minute. I mean, <laughs> originally I was thinking just my upper arm, but if it's truly terrible, yeah. then maybe. My back? I don't know. Again, it wouldn't be terrible. It wouldn't be like a an antichrist symbol, <laughs> or you know, yeah, I hate not Jews a or something. Would... <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to be something horrendous. It's me. It would be. It would be hilarious. Let's be yeah. honest. If I'm making the selection, hilarious. it's going to be funny or ironic. Uh, yeah, I'd probably. Do... Or like, you know, you know what it'd be. Hang on, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next level here. I'm gonna tell you what it is, <laughs> okay. and then you can tell me what your price is. All right. Okay, I do. I'd put the the blazers, uh-huh. like the blazers symbol or insignia, yeah. and then a big circle with a line through it. How about that? Oof, that's going to take more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So your, your price is going I mean, up. So that would be... Permanently on your body. Anti-blazer. <laughs> I mean, could I get a no tattooed above it? No anti-blazers? <laughs> no anti... Sure, <laughs> that would like, confuse anybody. What the hell are you doing? would be like... That's a double negative. I, I mean, don't, I don't, that so would probably like be like, like that would be more like twenty grand. If you wanted to put a Lakers okay. logo on me, that would be like two hundred grand. Oh my god! Now you're just stupid. You're not, I, I'm not getting <laughs> Lakers tattooed on me. Right, well, I mean, uh, what if? Uh, so, well, I'll kick it back to you. Uh, yes, I want to put re, LeBron's re, face <laughs> tattooed on your body with a big script underneath that says "King." No, wait, even better. He's Seven. dunking on Jordan, and it says the true king or something. How big a palette are we talking? This is like my entire fucking back. Yeah. I mentioned one butt cheek. How, this is not going to be, no one can be able to tell what that is. Well, I mean, his hand. What's that you, you blob gotta... of shit hang, hanging over that other blob of shit? So on your left cheek, you head. have LeBron's head dunking, and on the right cheek is just his hand and a ball. Your right cheek is, he, is just a is, basketball. Is he dunking towards my butthole? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Is my butthole the goal? I don't understand. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Don't is worry about that. Is it getting too graphic? You're getting a little logistical. Right, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah, that's that would be six million. I have to six million have LeBron permanently tattooed anywhere on my body. Six million dollars. He may go down as the greatest Laker ever. And then I'd take Motherfucker, please. <laughs> Cut that shit out where you stand. Greatest Laker ever. Oh. It... He could win four rings starting this year and he will not be the greatest Laker ever. Guaranteed. He won't be top ten. Yeah. I can think of ten if you Derek want four Fisher rings, is a better Laker. Robert Ori is a better Laker than LeBron James, even All right, if he won Slow down rings. your LeBron hate. If LeBron wins four rings with the Laker, Lakers, he'll definitely be top ten. Possibly top five. Maybe maybe ten. Maybe. How many maybe. rings does Kobe have? George Mikan, way above him. Kobe has five. Magic has five. Kareem. Kareem has five. Who else? Oh, you're asking for yeah, who, the, who the, the worthy. list would be? Of great Lakers, Jerry West is up there. Uh, Magic, Kobe, Jerry West, Kareem, George Mikan, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, All right. Derek Fisher, I'm, Phil Jackson. I'm just saying, if LeBron, <laughs> if he's going to win four rings, he's going to go from a team that did not make the playoffs for several years. He's basically their only right. addition. A bunch of shit old players. He's going to have to start win- winning rings either this he- season or next. For someone who claims to know so much about the NBA, that was such an incorrect statement. We do not have a shit but I mean, yeah, he brought in a shit ton of whack, whack pack Yeah, that's what that I'm talking about. Players. He brought in... <laughs> but the Lakers, the Lakers are a very, very young team. Yeah, I'm not talking about the young, young players. I'm talking about all the garbage veterans they brought the in. The whack jobs he brought in. Okay. They brought in Rondo. Um... What's the guy with the little ponytail in the back who used to play? Yeah, Lance JaVale. Stevenson and the Lance. Guy, JaVale oh McGee. And then uh, who's the other guy with the cornrows? <coughs> that they brought in? I don't know. I forget what it is. Oh, Michael Beasley. Yeah, Beasley. Michael Beasley. Why the fuck would anybody sign a, Michael Beasley? He was a beast in college and in China. Let me tell you. That yeah. kid was tearing it up. Who gives a shit? He was a, a stat shit. sheet filler. Uh, uh, we'll talk, you know what? We'll talk about that. When just NBA as a quick yeah. little NBA thing. Um, sure. uh, you know the ringer is having an NBA preview. Okay. And they I didn't know that, they ahead. ranked the best backcourt duos in the Western Conference. Uh huh. Um, I I of course have a beef with where the Blazers are placed, but I'll I'll give you the top five. Okay. So number one, Golden State, Curry and Clay. I don't think anybody argues Obviously. with that. No. Uh, number two is. <clears throat> CP3 and okay, James so. Harden. Okay. Which I, I'll give you that one. Third sure. is Russell Westbrook and Paul George. This is where I start to have a little bit of a, a quibble. I knew they'd be up there. I knew you wouldn't like that. But go ahead. I okay, I can maybe give them that. Number four, Rubio and Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on a second. No. Ricky Rubio is not in the top far. four. I'm sorry. He's no. an amazing passer, and I, he's okay at defense. That's about There's, it. They can't, can't be top four. It's interesting because basically no. from there on, well, so then the Blazers are number five, which I would put them at number four on this list. Um, Clearly. But then if not the three. rest of the teams, it's basically like they have one good guard and one shitty guard. So at six, they have yeah. the Spurs, which is Murray and DeRozan, DeJounte Murray okay. and DeRozan, which uh, they could maybe sure. be higher. Then they have yeah. at seven, it's the Nuggets, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. That seems a little high to me. Those two guys are going to have a breakout season, though. I think they're. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Those those are very good young players. At number eight, they have uh, Drew Holiday and Alfred Payton. 
I feel like Drew Holiday's solid, but he clearly <laughs> took a nosedive because they added Alfred Payton. <laughs> like, yes, he did. Is, the hair. That yeah. is not helping. Alfred Payton. Give me a uh, yeah. And then number nine, you got Conley and Garrett Temple. Is Garrett Temple a rookie? I've never even heard of him before. I've never heard of Garrett Temple either. Must be. Conley's just on that list because he got a big contract. But go ahead. Conley's good. Uh, then number 10 is Jeff Teague and Andrew Wigg- Wiggins. I'm like, ugh, neither one of them are good. No. Uh, number 11, Devin Booker and Josh Jackson. I feel like they could jump up a couple of spots. I mean, they sort of still have to prove it, but... Like yeah, they got a gel. They haven't played enough together. I mean, but they're definitely very good young players. I would be more excited about having Devin Joker, Devin Booker and Josh Jackson than I would Mike Conley and Garrett Temple, or Jeff T, or even Jamal or... Murray and Gary Harris. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Devin Booker's the truth. He's good. I mean, I honestly would be more excited about having Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart coming at number twelve. I feel like. Again, Lonzo, like people, he had such high expectations. People, he's sort of struggled to meet what people thought he could be. But I think he averaged like thirteen, seven, and six. What the hell do you want from a rookie with that I'm, sort of an expectation? I'm not saying in? he had a bad season. I'm just saying people thought he was going to be the next Magic or okay. whatever, and well, he people, failed to no, live up to that. Stupid. Yeah, I'm just eh, just I'm, telling you what the expectations were. Give the kid time. And Josh Hart was way right. better than people thought he would be. So I think. That team. Josh Hart, by the way, yeah, Josh Hart is the shit. I'm watching. I'm still watching some summer league games. He is good. Like he is a powerful. Yeah, guard that's definitely. I mean, I feel like they could jump up some too. Like some of these like yeah, people that they are. They will. They will. Just have been in the league for a while. Like yeah, the Conley Garrett Temple seems high to me. Not not to bully them. Uh, Thirteen is Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley Matthews. I mean, I'm obviously got a. Soft spot, soft yeah. spot in my heart for Wesley Matthews and Dennis Smith for is good. Wes, I know. Dennis I mean, this good. might be Very about good. the right place for them, but I, uh, I'd say like seven through higher. thirteen is higher. pretty like flexible. You can move. It's wishy-washy. Um, yeah. Fourteen is the Kings with De'Aaron Fox and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, who? Are we still reading these names? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Clippers are at number fifteen with. SGA and Jerome Robinson. I know people are super excited about SGA, so let's see how good he is. Anyway, so I, don't think so I my main beef was with yes with the Blazers being four, basically behind Westbrook and Paul George, which they're good, but I I don't know. It's funny. I think of Paul George yeah. more as like a three as a three. I don't really think yes, of him as a two. That's what I thought you were going to say initially. He's a three. And Rubio totally and Donovan three. Mitchell like. To me, Donovan Mitchell is like That's not all... as good as Damian Lillard, and Ricky Rubio is definitely not as good as. I mean, they're definitely they're better defensively, but yes, I don't know that 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 categorization is all because Donovan Mitchell had such a breakout season last year. That's all Mitchell. Rubio is just the <laughs> second piece. Trust me. Okay. Because Mitchell had a fantastic season. No one yeah, can yeah, deny that. Of course. But that's could why have been that. That's why that I know you was said he so should have been rookie of the year because of the whole sort of red shirt thing but yes. whatever we don't need to get into that but yes anyway no. so i thought that was an interesting article it was <laughs> they did the east too and the east was basically there were like two teams and the rest of them sucked Be- and everybody because else. Yeah, the east right. sucks no one cares the east is the worst the east is the least the eastern conference nobody cares for show the eastern conference as they've always been all right um 
One quick final note before we go. First of all, just a reminder, uh, hit us up, thebropodnetwork at gmail.com. Shoot your emails your way, our way rather, or your way. You can CC yourself. Uh, put mailbag in the subject line. We will read and answer your questions here on the air. Give you a shout out, whatever you want. Let us know. Um, also, in running news, I'll give you more details on this in the coming weeks, but my mind is 100% focused on Vegas right now, so I didn't actually watch this, but uh, Kipchoge broke the world record at the Berlin Marathon this past Sunday. The man is amazing. He's the same guy that did the uh, Breaking 2 project sponsored by Nike a couple years ago in Italy, where under perfect year. circumstances I think it was a couple years ago. with paces. You're right. You're right. It was last year. Uh, under perfect circumstances, perfect weather with pacers, he came just a handful of seconds from breaking two hours in the marathon, which for those of you that don't run, even for those of you that do, uh, that's phenomenal. Like, the, I can't even fathom yeah, they, how a man can I do think that. Wired did a thing where they basically, it's it's basically a full-out sprint for two hours, but they, they had, like, it's people insane. who run regularly, and they had them run at his pace and see how long they could do it. Most people couldn't last like a minute at his pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I really like this one guy who was a really good runner. I think lasted like three or four minutes. But to do that for two yeah. hours is just insane. And the thing that the Berlin thing was, he was only like a minute off of the two hours, and that wasn't even like. Yeah. Like the thing where they, where they were doing the Italy yeah. thing, they had the perfect weather. They had basically people drafting for him. Yep, he had a perfect draft in front of him. They were giving him his 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 water and his food at the exact right time. It was all calculated. There was a guy running next to him with a bike the whole time. They had a car in front of him that had a laser beam shooting back, showing him exactly where he needed to be, like truly pacing him. <laughs> it was automatically set up. I saw the thing on National Geographic. It was fascinating. All the technology they put into it. He was wearing just the right clothing, just the right shoes, which have been controversial because they, they're like front loaded and there's some spring action or something. I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. You can let him wear whatever the <laughs> hell he wants. If you're you're still running unbelievably fast for an unbelievably long but time. But yeah, the fact that he came um, that close, I'm assuming he did not have all he obviously didn't have like the person breaking wind for him. <laughs> No, but he, they they would have had pacers. They would have had pacers yeah, for the yeah, first, yeah. at least the first half, half, if not the first thirty k. Anyway, I thought it was pretty impressive. But yeah, I'll go more into that in a couple of weeks. I just haven't had a chance to watch it, so I didn't really have I didn't have any details on it. But I know he came. He he broke the world record for a standard certified course, certified race, and it's he now holds the two fastest time times ever run for that distance, whether under legit circumstances or somewhat questionable circumstances, more metered out circumstances. So incredible athlete. And, uh, I'll, I'll do a better recap in a couple weeks. Talk about that. So, um, so that's, uh, coming up again, send us the emails. I'm off to Vegas in less than 24 hours. I'm in B 25 on my Southwest flight. Can't wait. Um, I'm going to try to post a new episode next Monday, but I actually get back Monday night. So it might be next Tuesday, but, no one really cares about that. Um, but we're almost caught no up. Cares. I know Todd doesn't know that. I, know that. I, I read the notes. But, I don't listen to them, but I, okay, I know notes. what's coming Good. out. But we're almost caught up. The, the next episode will actually be posted in the same month that it was recorded, which is a good – that's a good achievement for us. So um, we're almost there. We made a lot of headway. I'm pretty excited Good work, about that. Scott. So, thank you. Enjoy yourself in you Vegas. You've earned this vacation. I definitely have. And you're damn right I have. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Any closing remarks? Uh, no, I think I'm good. 
Till next time. Good. Me too. Peace. Till next week. See ya.